when you have people in your life, when you feel like you can just really be you and feel loved and accepted and that give you a purpose, I think is extraordinarily important. Welcome to the Longevity Blueprint Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Stephanie Gray. My number one goal with the show is to help you discover your personalized plan to build your dream health and live a longer, happier, truly healthier life. You are about to hear from Genevieve White, who will discuss the connection between toxins and chronic disease and share with us how you can reduce your exposure specifically to household toxins. Let's get started. Welcome to another episode of the Your Longevity Blueprint podcast. Today, I have on guest Genevieve White. She healed herself from years of chronic fatigue, digestive disorders, and generalized pain through extensive detoxification of both her body and her living environment. This experience moved her to leave her career in marketing and become a certified health coach and environmental health specialist. In this capacity, she works with people on the autoimmune spectrum that haven't been able to get the help they need from their doctors, and together they address diet and lifestyle factors that ultimately lead to more energy, better digestion, and resolved inflammation. Her knowledge and expertise makes her a go-to resource for people experiencing chronic conditions, and her interviews and writing can be seen on a variety of online health summits, docu-series, and websites. So welcome to the show. Thank you, Stephanie. I'm so glad to be here. Well, tell us your story. What made you uh, decide to become a health coach? Tell us your health journey. Yeah. I mean, like so many of us in the health space, I had you know a personal health journey definitely that got me here. Um, it started early 2010 and I basically became very ill, very suddenly it took two years and 16 practitioners to finally figure out that I had high levels of four different heavy metals, pesticide residues that had just kind of built up in my body, some combustion byproducts. Basically I was just super toxic and to the point where I had severe chronic fatigue, IBS, uh, all over body pain. I had gotten to the point where I could only work from home. I needed to be near my bed, near my kitchen, near my bathroom. Life was tough. And after about two years of you know this journey of kind of figuring out what was going on, it took about another 18 months of treating my body and treating my home to start feeling like I was starting to be me again. Like I was getting myself back. My kids starting to feel like they were getting their mom back. You know, like they really kind of questioned whether they lost me forever. So Mm. um, it definitely was life-changing. And I just realized that a lot of people were not aware of the resources available to them. They're not aware of the, the levels of toxicity in our environment people kept telling me, you, you have to tell your story once you're well, and you have to take the information that you've learned and, and share it with the world. So I, I went back to school and got my um, certificate as a health coach and then furthered my education in environmental health. I actually have an environmental health educational background, but it was more around sustainable buildings. So I went focused more on the health piece. And now that's what I do. I work environmental health is really just one piece of what I do with people. It's always part of it. You know, it's included in everything. It's included in what we're eating. It's included in lifestyle interventions. You know, it's just part of every piece of our life. So it needs to be part of every piece of our healing. 
And you did get your health back, it sounds like, which is wonderful. I'm sure your kids were, kids were patiently waiting for that. Absolutely. Our relationships have, I mean, it, it took a little while, you know, for that to get to the point where they could kind of feel like uh, they could trust me again and didn't have, cause my, I had these incredible mood swings, you know, it was just nuts, you know, but now they're, they're grown and, and we have great relationships now. And I've gone um, in my personal health, you know, when I was sick, I would still make it a point to do some sort of movement every day, but had to be really careful. And sometimes it was just a slow walk around the block, just holding on to my husband and just kind of taking forever to make that walk around the block. And now I can hike for miles. I've moved to the mountains and, you know, I mean, it's just a world of difference. Sounds like you were very sick and you saw lots of practitioners. So I have to ask, what type of practitioner finally tested you for heavy metals? A naturopathic physician, um, although she certainly was not the first naturopathic physician that I saw. I saw kind of all the, the spectrum of practitioners and she's the first one that said, you know, she was kind of, she's like a really good detective. She's actually more of a, a mental health practitioner. She's at the Amen Clinic now, but she uh, just noticed some symptoms that she had, knew were symptoms of uh, mercury toxicity. And so she had me tested for that. And we found that indeed my mercury was about five times the level, but also my lead was as well and some other things also. And where do you think those levels stemmed from, or was it just your life of accumulation of <laughs> those, those metals? Yeah. I mean, there, there was no single uh, event that uh, exposed me to those. It's a combination of, like you said, just what's in our environment. I grew up in a home that was built uh, in the early 1900s, so pre-lead paint. So I was exposed to that. I had some mercury fillings. There's mercury in the air and the soil and the water, you know, all throughout the world. But I also found that I had some genetic defects, for lack of a better word, that made it difficult for me to process certain toxins. So, you know, we have these detox pathways built into our bodies. We're finding that more and more there are people that have uh, what's called single nucleotide polymorphisms, basically a genetic defect that makes it so that it's hard to detoxify certain things. On top of that, we have just way more exposure than our bodies are built for. There's over 84,000 chemicals listed for use in the U.S. marketplace. There, no one's body is built to be able to detoxify that amount of exposure. I get asked all the time, what's one product that I just can't live without when it comes to maintaining my own health and longevity? And my answer is something you've actually heard me mention on several episodes. It's called mitochondrial complex, and it's pretty much the Cadillac of multivitamins. And it's packed with antioxidants, including three key players, acetyl-L-carnitine, alpha-lipoic acid, and N-acetylcysteine. Think of a steam engine that requires coal to be continually shoveled into the furnace to power the train forward. Acetyl-L-carnitine does that for your body by shoveling short-chain fatty acids into your cells to provide your body with energy. This is an absolutely essential task to keeping you running. However, what's a byproduct of fire? You guessed it, smoke. Unfortunately, in this analogy, smoke from fire equals free radicals. To combat those free radicals, other antioxidants are needed, and that's where alpha-lipoic acid and N-acetylcysteine come in. Together, they scavenge free radicals and help boost and recharge glutathione, the most potent antioxidant in the body. To top it off, mitochondrial complex also contains a little bit of green tea extract, broccoli seed extract with sulforaphane, and even resveratrol. 
Research has shown that when athletes and individuals that are under stress begin taking this product, they are less likely to get sick as they're giving their body what it needs to conquer those stressors. Who doesn't need protection from stress and cellular damage at this time? I certainly do. I take this product every day. If you're interested in learning more about how mitochondrial complex can help support you living a longer, healthier life, check out my blog post on why antioxidants are important found at yourlongevityblueprint.com forward slash why dash antioxidants dash are dash important or in chapter four of my book, Your Longevity Blueprint. To get 10% off our mitochondrial complex, just use code energy when checking out at yourlongevityblueprint.com. Now let's get back to the show. So how did you treat yourself for heavy metal toxicity? What were maybe just list two or three of the things that you did specifically to help rid your body of those? Well, I I did do chelation therapy, which is a a pharmaceutical agent that uh, pulls the, the metals out of the body. I did that for a pretty brief amount of time. It's not, it's something that you have to be very careful with mm-hmm. and have someone that really knows what they're doing to guide you through the process. I did a lot of sweating. So mm-hmm. I initially, I did just a little bit of sweating because my body was not able to sweat. So I would go to this place uh, like five days a week and spend just 10 minutes in there at a low temperature and then get in a cold shower and then get in for another 10 minutes. But eventually got to the point where I was, where I purchased a sauna and I was sitting in there for three hours at a time, several days a week. Yeah. And now I do it for maintenance. You know, I get in there for about 30 minutes at about 1.30, a couple days a week. And it really helps me stay in this, you know, it helps my body continue to detoxify. So I don't start to get that buildup again. And then on top of that, you know, just a ton of supplements. Well, I'm so happy that your story has a happy ending and we want our patients to have that as well. So for the listeners, let's uh, let's start talking about why addressing household toxins specifically, because I know that's one of your specialties, is so important. Yeah, absolutely. So when people think of environmental toxins, they tend to think of like oil spills and, you know, big smokestacks and things like that. And they feel like there's nothing they can do about it. Right. But, you know, that was the, the other piece. Like we talked about all the internal stuff I did. The external stuff was to change out my laundry soap and get rid of the air fresh, you know, quote unquote fresheners and all of that stuff. Because it turns out that the EPA has, you know, there's studies have been done to find that the air quality in our homes is five to seven times worse and up to a hundred times in certain situations than the air outside. So that's what I mean when I say that we have a lot of control over our exposures. And when I talk about household toxins, I think it's really important to acknowledge that a lot of the exposures that we're having are in the home. Can you give us some examples of those? I mean, everywhere, (laughs) everywhere, they're everywhere. So, you know, in our personal care products, like our shampoos and our deodorants and our soaps, those are full of chemicals. Those are basically unregulated and could have just about anything in there. Any of those 84,000 chemicals, which, you know, by the way, only 200 of those have been tested for safety. Only 11 are, are banned or restricted. So, uh, you know, that's one place. It's our household cleaners. It's our, our furnishings, our home itself. There's stuff that's off-gassing everywhere. I'm thinking right now of like the bed that's behind me. And if it were a conventional bed, all the chemicals that would be coming out of there, you know, like the fire retardants, for example, 
I'm thinking of the pressed wood furnishings and the formaldehyde that's off-gassing from those. So, you know, all these everyday products that we just don't think about. Sure. So I have to ask, so since you don't have a conventional bed, do you have like an organic mattress or what's your recommendation? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, there's there's more and more great products out there. Um, Samina is a good one. How do you spell that? S-A-M-I-N-A. Avocado is another good one. There, um, there really are several. I have, you know, a ton of bookmarks of different products. You know, I actually am, am preparing to move, so I'm waiting to buy a new mattress for myself, and so I have a, a case over it. I have one layer over it that's specifically for VOCs, and then I have another layer over that that's made out of the one for VOCs is actually a plastic. It's like an inert plastic. And then as outside that, I have another one that's made of a tightly woven organic cotton. And that keeps, for one thing, the plastic in there. And then it keeps, um, you know, any allergens out as well. So I'm going to ask what brand that is. Yeah, I heard I, of that. I, like it's like a mattress cover basically is what you have. Yeah, so the, the, the fabric one I believe is called Magnolia. I've had it for so long. Sure. Um, and I, I cannot remember the name of the plastic one. <laughs> That's all right. It, for the listeners, if she gets back to me, I'll put this in the show notes. <laughs> I'm yeah, drawing her on questions she's not pre- prepared for. But, but of course, I want to know because I, I'm slowly making these changes as well. Um, I kind of thought I was ahead of the game, but like like you said, they're everywhere. Everywhere I look, I'm like, oh, there, there's another um, exposure. So specifically, before we started recording today, I was asking about the shower curtain liners. So those are typically vinyl. So can you explain why that's bad and what an alternative is, a safe alternative? Yeah, absolutely. So that's that's a, a great example. I myself used to get nauseous and like lightheaded every time I was in the shower and I could not figure out why. And what I learned was, first of all, I had a vinyl surround. So it wasn't like tile. It was, you know, vinyl surrounding on the wall. And then I had one of those vinyl liners and what was happening was the heat from the water was releasing the chemicals. I was breathing those because I was basically in like this box, right? And that's what was, that was making me lightheaded. And when I changed out my shower curtain, it stopped. I mean, you know, wow, wow. Right. So the reason, the main thing that's in vinyl that's problematic is phthalates. So phthalates are a class of chemicals that are used for many things, but partially to keep plastics soft. So you'll find it in things like the shower curtain liners. You'll find it in vinyl flooring. You'll find it in children's bath toys. Mm-hmm. You know, there now and more and more you can find children's toys that are marked phthalate free, but please do look for that. It's spelled P-H-T-H-A-L-A-T-E, just, you know, it looks kind of weird. So just so people know, that's what it is. Yep. And yeah, so what we were just discussing about before the recording is that you can get a polyester blend shower curtain, which does not need uh, the liner. And then you just throw it in the wash every once in a while to make sure that you don't get mold and, and mildew on the fabric. Other exposures to this sort of plastic uh, that I... I know I've been exposed to in the past are things like, correct me if I'm wrong, the plastic lining, like coffee cups, go to Starbucks, you get coffee, that plastic lining, that cup, which I no longer, I don't even drink coffee anymore, but plastics are everywhere. 
and they're really dangerous to our endocrine systems. They can bind to hormone receptors and, and cause harm. Let's stay on the plastic topic for a moment here. What are some other examples? So you are right about coffee cups. What we also need to think about with those types of food packaging is the grease proofing like that you have in your to-go cups or your to-go boxes, which is basically the same as what they have in most coffee cups. And that has the perfluorinated chemicals. So the same stuff that's in Teflon is in that packaging. It's also in um, like microwave popcorn bags things like that. So that's something to be aware of. So, okay. Other, other sources of plastics. I mean, my gosh, they're everywhere. Right. And some plastics are worse than others for sure. Uh, you know, we've kind of been trained by the media to look for BPA free because there was this big push a while ago to get uh, BPA out of commerce. What people need to be aware of is in most situations, if it says BPA-free, it's been replaced by BPS or BPF, which is just as dangerous, if not worse, than BPA. So I highly recommend that people replace those products with uh, glass or stainless steel. You know, glass especially has become so much more affordable lately for water bottles. So like I've got this thing from Target that when I first got a glass water bottle, it was like $25. I had to look all over online to find it. You know, now I can go to Target and get one for 10 bucks. You know, I mean, they're, they're so widely available. You can even get the Voss water bottle, which is over by the Aquafina and all of those that are made for single use, but it's glass. You can reuse it as much as you want. And that's just a few bucks. So that kind of stuff is widely affordable and available. And, and then there's, you know, what are you storing your food in and what are you heating your food in? So uh, the things that break down plastic are uh, heat, abrasives, and acid and time. So if you think about, uh, you know, like most people have that plastic wear that's turned permanently red or pink, like they cannot get the color out of there. That is a really great example of why you don't want acid and heat touching your plastic. It's because the molecules in that plastic have actually traded places with the molecules in your sauce. Throw that out. Throw that out. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Throw that out. And never, ever, ever put hot food in your plastic again. Do not heat your food in the microwave in plastic, please. And, you know, over time, just gradually replace that stuff. You can do the same thing like with the water bottle. You know, when you get your nut butter, get it in a glass jar instead of a plastic jar. And then just start using that for your food storage. You know, just reuse those jars. You don't even have to go out and buy, you know, new food storage containers. That's yeah, good thinking. I, I really wasn't thinking about um, to-go containers. Not that I really go out to eat that much, but you almost need to bring your own glass container when you go out to eat to take your leftovers home in. Never really thought about that. What about in the home, transitioning from plastics, what about carpets and you know wood flooring? So what what is dangerous about having carpet in the home, if you believe that or not? <laughs> and what's your preferred flooring in a home? Yeah. I mean, if I could tell everyone to get carpeting out of their house, I would, but you know, I know it's unrealistic. So I just tell people to, you know, vacuum regularly, use a HEPA filter. You know, if you get a vacuum with the HEPA filter, that's going to be better. But you know, the, the main risk with carpet is first of all, you're going to have the, the dust and the dust mites and all of that, you know, the allergens that tend to just live in the carpet, right? They don't want it. They don't really leave. 
And there, there, are, there are all kinds of chemicals that are that are in the carpet. Most carpet uh, has been treated as like a, a stain resistant. So that is going to also have that same sort of stuff that's in the Teflon, that same perfluorinated chemicals. So you don't want that. And then the padding behind your carpet, generally speaking, is going to be treated with the fire retardants. So all of those chemicals, you know, you mentioned endocrine disruptors, those are, those all qualify. So, you know, endocrine disruptors, for those of you that don't know, your endocrine system is your hormone system. And basically every part of your body is regulated by your hormones, right? I mean, your, your ability to process sugar, your ability to sleep at night, your ability to feel alert in the morning, your ability to regulate your weight. I mean, you know, your sex drive, your fertility, on and on. I mean, these chemicals affect basically every aspect of your health. So you would prefer patients not have carpet. What about wood flooring? I mean, I assume the wood flooring is going to be treated with something and it's going to off-gas something also. Yeah. I mean, if you have real wood flooring, which, you know, there's less and less of now that you get more of this kind of pressed wood that has um, like like an image of of wood grain over it, that is going to have the the formaldehyde in it. And that will off-gas for several years. Actual wood, actual real hardwood, yes, you do have to be thoughtful about what's used as a stain, but for the most part, soon after it dries, it's going to be relatively inert. So if you're doing the staining yourself, be sure to, you know, really research the product that you're using, or if you're going to be living in the home while the work is being done. But if you were, you know, if you can go on vacation for a while while you're having your floors installed or having them refinished, you know, make sure they open all the windows for sure. But, you know, once it's all aired out pretty well, I, that, I'm not as concerned about that. You know, okay. other people might be more, of course, you know, in the environmental health world, there's a all sorts of varied opinions, <laughs> but I'm less worried about that than these materials that are consistently off-gassing for years on end. Sure. Okay. Any other major household toxins we should be aware of? Oh boy, there's so many. I mean, dry cleaning is a big one. First of all, if you, if you can avoid getting your clothes dry cleaned, please do. There is an alternative called wet cleaning. You know, those places that say that they're, you know, eco cleaners generally are not that much safer than, than typical dry cleaning. But if you're going to get your clothes dry cleaned, make sure that those also get aired out. So put them in the trunk of your car when you bring them home. When you get them home, take the plastic off and then, you know, let it air out outside or in the garage or someplace even if you have like a separate closet for that or something, you know, just to let that air out, don't wait to take the plastic off until you're going to put that on your body because that those chemicals are carcinogenic and they're going to be absorbed into your bloodstream through your skin. If you don't let it air out. Yeah, definitely don't take it in your small closet and then open it. That's connected to where you sleep. You're going to, you know, (laughs) inhale all those, those chemicals. And actually I, I may not say this right either, but I believe dry cleaning um, contains a chemical called like trichloroethylene, something like that, that is essentially um, can be used as almost an anesthetic. Well, I shouldn't say an anesthetic, more like anesthesia. It has sedative effects. Mm. <laughs> so it can cause a lot of brain fog and drowsiness and 
you don't want to be inhaling that. So that's good advice. Let those clothes air out in your garage without the plastic before you even bring them in your home, let alone your master bedroom or your master closet. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so why are these toxins so dangerous? We've talked a little bit about the endocrine disruption that they can cause, but how do they cause chronic disease? So why are, if this is new information for a listener, why does this matter? Why, why do toxins matter? Well, I mean, basically environmental toxins can be connected to pretty much any chronic disease that you can think of. You know, I mean, they have an effect on, like you said, like, you know, the entire endocrine system, which is, is massive. They, so many of them are carcinogenic. They cause birth defects. They cause behavioral health issues. They cause lowered IQ, you know, you name it. And what I find for a lot of people is whether or not these toxins are a factor in in your diagnosis, you know, and in getting to that point of a diet, you know, whether or not they're a trigger, I find that removing them from your environment is basically removing a roadblock to healing. So mm-hmm. for people that find that they're constantly trying this diet and that diet and going to that doctor and that doctor and that pharmaceutical and, you know, on and on and on and on, and they, you know, get on this vicious cycle where they're getting better, you know, it's just this kind of like, steps forward, steps back sort of situation. Once they get this out of their environment, they're removing that barrier and they can heal again. Because what's happening, okay, so here's a really good example. (laughs) So a lot of these toxins that we're discussing are lipophilic. So in other words, they love to be stored in fat. So I talk to people all the time that are on a a weight, like a frustrating weight loss journey where they go on a diet, they have success, they begin to lose weight, and then they get sick. And then they go off the diet because they just need to get better. And then all the weight comes back, usually with a few pounds as well. What's happening if you're not detoxifying, if you're not, you know, going through the process of being really careful with like, getting these things out of your body as you're losing weight, you're releasing the toxins into your bloodstream, which is making you sick. And that's why you keep going on this cycle. You know, it's similar with all sorts of things, uh, Hashimoto's, arthritis, cancer, you name it, get these chemicals out of the way, and then you can finally heal. I like that. Yes. Removing the roadblock is important. So back to the home and just cleaning products in general, I'd like to ask you personally what some healthier healthier alternatives are that you use for cleaning. I know you have some do-it-your-own tips. Do you want to share a few of those with us? Yeah, for sure. So while we're on the topic, I just want to mention that, you know, we we talked a little bit about phthalates and the fact that they're used for all different sorts of things. So one of those things is holding fragrance in your product. So if you, so any place where you see in your cleaners or your personal care products, if you see the ingredient fragrance, that can be up to a couple hundred chemicals in there because that's a trade secret. And it almost always includes phthalates because phthalates hold scent. You know, one of the biggest impacts that a person can make is just get all those products that say fragrance out of your house. And a lot of times you don't even need to replace them. So, you know, people have cleaners for, you know, something for the toilet and something for the floor and something for the counter and on and on and on and on. And you don't need to have 27 different cleaners in your house. You can just have one or two Sure. or you can use vinegar (laughs) 
baking soda and oh my goodness, water, (laughs) right? Just use a wet rag. Like we get so paranoid about germs. And in most situations, I talk sometimes about like the home microbiome, like people have been learning more and more about the gut microbiome. Um, you know, we also have a microbiome on our skin and in our mouths and in our vaginas. You know, we have, we have these bacteria all over that are important to our health and they're in your home too. Mm-hmm. Like your home should not be a sterile environment. So first of all, I don't just blast all the surfaces in my home with, you know, bleach or ammonia or <laughs> anything like that. And I don't use anything in my home that has a warning label because those are dangerous. There's a reason there's a warning label on those things. They can kill you. And in sometimes <laughs> in very small doses, like something that says poison or danger only takes a couple drops to kill a 150 pound individual, you know? So just think about your pets and your children. Like, it's just not worth it, you know? So in answer to your question, one product that I really like is called Branch Basics. Concentrate, and you can use it, um, you know, for pretty much everything in your home. Personally, I don't like it on my windows. I, I haven't found the right balance to not make my windows streaky, but I use it pretty much anywhere else. It's pretty affordable and they give you very clear instructions on, you know, proper dilution for the task at hand. You can even use it as a laundry detergent and they have a lot of good educational materials as well. So, so that's they're like sodium lauryl sulfate free. Like they're, they're definitely uh, oh, yeah. you approved brand. <laughs> Yes, yeah, so they're very much me approved brand. A couple good resources for finding safe cleaners. Um, madesafe.org is a good one. That is a panel of environmental health experts and they really closely vet their products. There's not a ton of stuff listed on there because it's fairly new and, like, and they really spend a lot of time researching the products. Um, but anything that they have listed on there, I would recommend. I feel very comfortable recommending anything there. Another good resource is Environmental Working Group. So if you go to ewg.org slash, I believe it's healthy cleaning, but if you go to the main page, there'll be a link there. And they've rated thousands of products. So you can go there and see the cleaners they rate A through F. So just go, you can either enter your specific cleaner and see how it rates. Or if you want, say, glass cleaner, you can click on the glass cleaner and see what they recommend. Yep. I like that resource. I like that a lot. What else can we do to reduce our toxic load quickly? So you've alluded to clearly switching out our personal care products, our home cleaning products, getting safe flooring if we can in our home and not sleeping on a flame retardant laden you know, mattress pad, um, using a sauna for help with detox. Uh, any other tips to help us detox from these chemicals? Yeah. I mean, you know, the, the easiest and most impactful things that you can do are A, open the windows in your house every day. If you can, you know, especially if you just, if you can open one end and then open the other end to get like a nice cross breeze and just push out all the stale air. Sure. I, I mean, it's, it's, you would not believe I got a, a letter from a mom a while ago who had two children on the autoimmune spectrum, or I'm sorry, not autoimmune, on the um, autism spectrum. And 
all she did was change what she was giving them for breakfast and open the windows and took out all the cleaners that had fragrance. And her child, for the first time, the, for the first time ever, the two of them were playing together. And one of them had never looked her in the eyes and they were, she, and now was on a regular basis. I mean, you would, I mean, it's just incredible oh, yes. what a difference it makes just getting fresh air in your home. Mm. So open the windows. Um, number two, leave your shoes at the door because you're tracking in everything that you step in. So you're tracking in the pesticides, the motor oil, the pet waste, all of that stuff. Just leave your shoes at the door. My goodness, especially if you have carpet, because once you step on the carpet, it's, you know, it's there. So those are two really easy and impactful things. Uh, the third thing I would say is to dust often with a moist rag. So they took household dust samples and tested to see what chemicals were in there. And they were laden with mold and fire retardants and the phthalates and you know a lot of the stuff that we've been discussing today you know, and so it's blowing around in the, in the air in your home and it's on the surfaces. And if you have children, especially that are, you know, playing on the floor or crawling around on the floor, just clean those areas often. What I do is I actually spritz the air. I have like a, like a sanitizing blend of essential oils, but you could do it with just a little water or whatever and let the dust kind of fall to the floor I have hardwoods. So then I just take the dry mop. The floor is just a little bit damp, but it's enough to kind of get that up. So you're pulling a lot of it out of the air because it's, mm -hmm. you know, heavy with the moisture and then wiping it up from the floor. So I do that about once a week. It's also really important just to go over all your horizontal surfaces, um, especially if, in your, if you're in an older home, you want to clean around the windows and the doors often because you probably have some lead paint in there. So just cleaning, you know, is huge. Getting rid of the clutter so you don't have dust piling up on all these various things. Right. Um, and then the phthalates. So phthalates have a pretty short half-life. If you can get phthalates out of your home, you'll reduce the load in your body very significantly with a matter of days. Yeah, just that stuff that includes fragrance. You know, you don't have to get rid of all of it all, all at once, but maybe look huh, I guess I don't need three of these same cleaners. Why don't I get rid of a couple? And, you know, I'm running low on my deodorant. What should I replace it with? Yeah. You know, you don't have to do it all at once. Those are wonderful tips. And like you even shared with your story at the beginning, you didn't get better in a day. It took 18 months or two years, whatnot, for you to really nurse yourself back to health. So this is an ongoing process. On a past interview, one of my guests said, you know, this is, this is not a sprint. This is a marathon. <laughs> so this is something we're going to be on for, for a long time. And um, there are decisions we get to make every day with what we want to bring into the house or not bring into the house. So those are wonderful tips. I have to ask, I always ask my guests at the end of the podcast, what their top longevity tip may be. So what would your top tip be? Well, I mean, obviously I feel like, you know, getting the toxins <laughs> out of your home is important, but to tell you the truth, the first thing I think of when I hear that question is community. Mm. I mean, it's, it's on a completely, you know, different topic yeah. of conversation, but I think, you know, having people in your life where you can really, I mean, first of all, you want to be authentic all the time, but when you have people in your life, when you feel like you can just really be you and feel loved and accepted and that give you a purpose 
I think is extraordinarily important. So that's the first thing that, that I think of. And you know, when you look at like the blue zones and places like that, that's one of, you know, where people live longer, they have more longevity and better health and all of that. That's one of the things that, you know, they all have a purpose in life and they have a a role in the community. That value. Yeah. And now you're creating a community (laughs) to help educate patients on what we talked about today on reducing their toxic burden. So tell us about that. Tell us about where viewers can find you and the free gift you have for them. Sure. So you can find me at environmentalhealthcoach.com. When you go there on the homepage, there's actually, if you, if you're on the autoimmune spectrum, which is basically anyone who has, you know, chronic symptoms, there's, a, there's lots of great resources there. Um, I'm also on Facebook at Genevieve White EHC and also at Instagram at the same handle. My free gift to you today is my natural beauty guide. So this is for men and women alike that it's not cosmetics. It's, it's more personal care products. So there's recipes and what to look for when you're shopping uh, both for things like skincare, hair care, deodorants, um, those sorts of things that can just be a good impactful first step. You know, things that you use on a day-to-day basis that if you stop applying to your skin every day is going, is going to start making a difference in your health. Wonderful. I'll post that in the show notes, of course. So thank you so much for providing that and for coming on the show and really giving us all these tips today uh, to help really change the, the health of our family. So adults and children educating us on how to get rid of these toxins to prevent and treat chronic disease so we can live a longer, healthier life. So thank you again for coming on the show. Well, you're so welcome, Stephanie. Thank you for having me and thank you for just having this resource available to people. Although toxins are everywhere, there are things we can do daily to reduce our incoming burden. Genevieve gave me a good reminder that honestly, I need to dust my house more, but also I'll be leaving my shoes at the door tonight. And she got me thinking, I also need to be wiping off Lily's paws more routinely as she's likely bringing in lots of toxins into the home as well. I'll be opening my windows more often and I'll be taking glass to-go containers to restaurants. I didn't even realize those containers were lined with phthalates. Yikes. Stay tuned for further episodes on detox programs, sauna use, and even safer skincare. And you know, I've been in the market for a safe mattress for a while, so I'll keep you posted with my decision. Stay tuned for further episodes on detox programs, sauna use, and even safer skincare. Be sure to check out my book, Your Longevity Blueprint. And if you aren't much of a reader, you're in luck. You can now take my course online where I walk you through each chapter in the book. Plus, for a limited time, the course is 50% off. Check this offer out at yourlongevityblueprint.com and click the course tab. One of the biggest things you can do to support the show and help us reach more listeners is to subscribe to the show and leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. I read all of the reviews and would truly love to hear your suggestions for show topics, guests, or how you're applying what you've learned on the show to create your own longevity blueprint. The podcast is produced by the team at Counterweight Creative. As always, thanks so much for listening and remember... Wellness is waiting. The information provided in this podcast is educational. No information provided should be considered to be or used as a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always consult with your personal medical authority.